Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you going to go to jail for 11 years? Don't get my mother... If I were you, I'd be real nice right now, especially if you want some money on your books. <gasps> Heather, you look like somebody locked you. Huh? Maybe somebody did. Stop being a condescending superior bitch. You shot me in my family. You shot for me 100%. I'm sick of lies. That's what I'm sick of. That's a factor for me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was just a little clip from the trailer of season three of The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. Someone cold cocked Heather Gay's formerly Mormon ass, and we don't even know who it is. The eye's broken. There's so many things happening. The music was epic. I mean, it's better than anything that's airing on HBO. House of Dragon Sue. I mean, the, the scenery, the cinematography, the, the music. I mean, they just do the music. You know, when I saw that trailer, guess what I said? I said this. I have the no. chills. No. They have the fucking chills. I mean, the accusations that Lisa Barlow is second dick to get Vita Tequila in different stores. I mean, what other franchise has given us that? No one else is doing it like the Salt Lake City ladies. And I will say something that's going to be very controversial because I was on here and I thought uh, before the trailer came out, I'm going to be missing Mary Cosby, our dear Mary Cosby. But yet I watched this and I it, uh, I said, but who cares? who cares about Mary Cosby when all this is going on? I mean, granted, I still do want Mary Cosby to return. I will be honest about that. But ultimately, I think this just was, it gave me everything. I mean, earlier in the trailer, we had Lisa Barlow talking to the son, Jack. Sit tight, the little bear, because we're going to be breaking down this trailer. And then we'll get into the Beverly Hills stuff. But so Lisa Barlow's son, Jack, says he doesn't want to go to, he don't want to go to college. He says in the trailer, he goes, fudge college. (laughs) He didn't say fuck college. He's just like, fudge college. And Lisa's mad about that. Then we have the Lisa Vita Tequila thing. Whitney and Meredith are the ones who are talking about Lisa and the Vita Tequila stuff. And we knew that Meredith was going to be upset after the hot mic moment last when uh, last season when she called Meredith the garbage whore behind the door. And so we knew that Meredith was going to come and swing in this season. And it seems like she did because she's now spreading this uh, information about the Vita Tequila and doing these sexual favors, and we don't know exactly what they are, but Lisa Barlow says in regards to those accusations, she says, what are you, crazy? Are you crazy? Are you crazy, she says. So that's happening. Now, uh, we also have this new woman who's going to be a friend of, and she accuses, uh, she talks to Jen Shah, and apparently she's got a friend who was an informant in the Jen Shah case. We see Jen Shah pleading guilty, which that was the shocker on the internet, right? We talked about that on Everything Iconic, because we all thought she was pleading not guilty. We saw that Stu Chains, the former assistant, was pleading guilty a long time ago, and then at the end of filming, it was revealed that Jen Shah pleaded guilty to all the stuff in her case. <laughs> So we're going to see the fallout of that, I think. Hopefully, we're going to see how Heather Gay and Meredith react to that, because they seemingly had her back the entire season, and then this happened towards the end of filming. But we see a little moment, uh, and the new girl is coming out swinging with the accusations about the informant thing. That's going to be very exciting. And I think we were, we're all wondering what's happening with the Jenny situation. I had heard that they filmed with Jenny, who was on last season. They had started filming with her, and then... I thought we were going to see sort of Jenny be let go from the season. I thought that was going to play out, but there was not a sign of Jenny in this trailer, so maybe that doesn't play out on camera. Now, Angie is also back as a friend of. There's going to be three friend ofs this season, so that's going to be exciting. Lisa Barlow got the center diamond. And the big uh, whodunit of this whole fucking thing is Heather Gay and the eyeball, because they seemingly wake up on a cast trip, and she's wearing glasses, and then she takes them off, and they're like, what the fuck happened to your eye? And she's like, not saying anything. And I'm wondering if they're even going to tell us. I don't think that 
I see when I first saw it, I sort of thought there's no way that somebody just like fucking, I don't know, punch her in the face. <laughs> like, right. I mean, I've seen a lot of things in these shows, but I couldn't even wrap my brain around the fact that one of the other castmates would just like fucking punch her in the eyeball. So I was led to believe that it was maybe like a beauty lab and laser issue where it was like they were trying to do some Botox or filler or something and the skin reacted a different way. However, then when I did my recon and I was watching the trailer for the fifth time, because I watched it upwards of 13 times. I mean, I like to do my due diligence. And so I watched it. Oh, by the way, there's also like trouble in Lisa Barlow's marriage. And then we see Seth and Meredith in the bathtub and Meredith is like poking his taint with her foot, which it's like, why is she in the bathtub poking his taint with her hoof uh, on camera? I mean, this is something that these housewives do time and time again. Last season, we saw it with Whitney when she was doing that painting thing in her underwears and she made the husband get in the underwear and they were rolling around in the paint and on camera. And then we saw, of course, Tamara Barty, later Tamara Judge, Remember, she got in the tub with Eddie on the Real Houses of Orange County, and it was like, why are we seeing these people in a tub? Now, I loved seeing Meredith in the tub last season when she thought that Jen Shaw was being chased by Homeland Security, and she was on vacation before the other gals got there, and she was happy-go-lucky in the tub surrounded by bubbles. I love that scene. But a sex scene in the tub with the husband and rubbing his taint with your hoof is not something I want to see on camera. Ladies, am I right? I mean, some things should just be saved for off-camera. And by some things, I mean, it, when you're touching your husband's taint with your hoof, that's the kind of thing that I just think there should be limits. Maybe we should put in the contracts or something, Bravo. Can we get it in there? You know, we you know schedule so many media appearances. That's like point B in the contract. And then point C is like, don't rub your husband's taint with your hoof on camera in the bathtub. Like, there should just be some things left to the imagination, right? Like, I just felt like that's... A step too far. I'm sorry. And again, I love Meredith's bathtub work. And I feel like it's our fault because we had all told Meredith that she did such wonderful bathtub work last season because remember, she had the bubble beard on herself and she was a giddy as a schoolgirl when she found out Jen Shaw was chased by Homeland Security when they're on the stripper bus over at Beauty Lab and Lace's parking lot. So she was on cloud fucking nine. And she had the bubble beard and all the gals got to the trip and she was in that tub upwards of like six hours. I mean, she was wrinkled up and dried up like Jennifer Aniston on a commercial. She was dry as a bone by the time the gals showed up on that trip. And yet we loved it. We made memes of it. We made gifts and the whole nine. And so it was a great thing for all of us to witness as fans of this show. And so we encouraged this. But I wish somebody would have stepped in. One of the producers of PA, somebody said, hey, we don't always love it when you get into the tub with the husband. It's just not something we want to see. With any of the husbands, I don't even care if you got a hot husband. Eddie was a hot husband on Orange County, and yet I still don't want to see him in the tub with Tamara Judge. Not interested, okay? And I don't want to see Whitney and the husband rolling around in paint sack. But what I do want to see is who cold-cocked Heather Gay. Now, that's the big whodunit of the season. And so I wonder, I thought it was Beauty Lab and Laser, watched it a bunch of times, realized it couldn't have been Beauty Lab and Laser because they seemingly were on a, a vacation. So that also leads me to believe maybe Heather Gay was like, oh, well, I need to run up to one of the Botox centers here in town when they were on a cast trip. And they didn't do it like they do it at Beauty Lab and Laser. They weren't as careful. So maybe that's what happened. Or maybe it was a bug bite. Has that ever happened to anyone? You wake up in the morning, all of a sudden a spider bit your ankle, and it looks like you don't have an ankle. All of a sudden, your hoof turns into something that's too big to fit in a snow boot because uh, some animal bit it while you were snoozing. And so that could have happened. I think that's possible. But I I think that they're, they're tricking us. What do they call that? They're, it's like a red herring or something. I feel like they're tricking us. They're bamboozling us into thinking that Jen Shah or Meredith or somebody just like punched Heather in the face. And I just can't believe that. The only, I, I mean, more so than any of these women doing it, I could believe that like maybe Mary cast a spell on her or something or sent Jesus to cold cock her formerly Mormon ass because that's uh, something that's more believable than one of these other women. And also in the trailer, we do see things get physical between the cousins, between weather. We see Whitney and Heather. Heather just sort of throws Whitney's ass She's like, get out of the fucking way. And she throws down. I mean, Heather's starting to lose it. And I understand Heather because I'm surrounded by these women. It's some, some crazy stuff happening. Did I miss anything? What else? Uh, what the fudge? Let me look at my notes. Okay, the eyeball, the new girlfriends with Jen Shaw, the informant. Oh, and by the way, I just want to say that this is only the preview for the first half of the season. This is only apparently the first half of the season. Then the, we still have the mid-season trailer. 
The fact that this is this good, I mean, I'm disgusted by the other franchises. I'm disgusted by Beverly Hills Housewives. Honestly, those women need to get it together. And I have a lot of thoughts on Beverly Hills Housewives this week. A lot of thoughts. So sit tight. I'm fully caffeinated with my DC. Got my DC, my Diet Coke here. And the Salt Lake City trailer gave me the fucking chills. I have the no. chills. No. But I got some big thoughts on Real Houses Beverly Hills. And I want all the women across all the franchises to be watching the Salt Lake City show. I need them all to sit down. And I need to see what it looks like for women to clock into work. Because I'm tired of these women clocking into work for only one episode a season or something. Or for a cast trip or three episodes a year. When the Salt Lake City ladies are giving it to us every episode. They are clocking in and not clocking out. Clocking in and not clocking out. By the way, the fashion's in the trailer too. Heather Gay and her confessional looked stunning. Best she's ever looked, I think. And it was I think it was a green dress. Love it. Uh, they all look great. Uh, Jen Shaw is giving us some completely unhinged looks. I mean, there's this one people are comparing to the Britney Spears Baby One More Time video, and it's insane. <laughs> and I love it. So it's giving us so much. And I thought we were only going to be getting the Jen Shaw legal drama. And then it turns out we're just getting so much more than that. And we only have five housewives. Were we all not worried? I think all of us have been saying we like eight housewives. We like a large cast. And so here comes Beverly Hills sleepwalking through a whole season with eight or nine or however many fucking people they got on their cast. And then the Salt Lake City women are giving us power and dynamics and House of Dragon level cinematography with five wives. So I don't know, Bravo, that's another thing we need to put in these women's contracts. We need to sit them down saying, you need to binge Salt Lake City. That should be a a primary concern for all of the gals. And the producers, I just want to say, whoever put together that fucking trailer, you deserve a Peabody Award. Give them something, an Emmy, because it's unreal. I mean, it's like, uh, it's just so good. So what is going to happen with Jenny? Are they going to explain Mary's absence? There was this rumor online that I saw that Mary, they want her to come back for season four. I had too much co- I had too much caffeine today. Can you tell I had too much caffeine? I feel like I'm crazy. Are you crazy? I am fucking crazy, Lisa Barlow. <laughs> I feel fucking nuts. I had a diet coke. I normally will have my coffees before I record, but I don't normally have a DC. That's for a special occasion. But here I am. Salt Lake City did it to me. It was like right when I saw Lisa Barlow, I'm like, get me a diet coke, Matt. You know, I'm like shouting, <laughs> get me the DC. That's what happens when I see uh, or hear a mention of Vita Tequila and someone sucking dick to get in the stores. I mean, what is that about? Do you think that happened? I don't know if I believe that. But I do believe, like, maybe you would flirt a little bit to get in the stores, and I don't put that against anyone. Good for her. God bless. you got to get it on store shelves. That Vita Tequila is not going to sell itself. And it's hard these days to get a housewife alcohol in a store shelf because everyone's tried all the housewife alcohols and they know they taste like piss water, so nobody wants to put them on store shelves. And Vita Tequila, I actually think, is one of the better ones. I think that's like a real tequila brand. Because obviously that was something that happened before the show. It wasn't like one of these ones where the housewife just slaps their name on a bottle of piss and then sells it for $20 a bottle. So that's something that was done beforehand. And so it's she's climbing an uphill battle, Lisa Barlow, to try to get Vita Tequila in stores. So, she, yeah, she might, have to, uh, she might have to offer a few favors once in a while. So be it. I'm not going to hold that against her. God bless. Uh, she's got kids to feed. She thought she was sending the kid to college until he said, oh, fudge, I'm not going to college. So she thought she had to get on store shelves, do what you can as a single mom. She's having troubles with the husband. She's probably thinking in her head, I'm a single mom. I got to get feed to kill on store shelves, make some extra cash. She don't know how long this housewife gig is going to last. They keep firing people in Salt Lake City. Got rid of Jenny, got rid of Sister Mary. And so, of course, Lisa Barlow's like, yeah, we got to get the tequila on the store shelves. I need to move that merch. Uh, she's seen it. Oh, too many housewives. Ramona Pina Grigio has come and gone. She's seen too many wastewater bottles filled with uh, urine, horse urine, that sold on store shelves under the name uh, Vanderpump Rosé or Skinny Girl Marg. And so she knows what she's got to do. And so I am on her side with that. Good for her. And those ladies shouldn't judge until they got to walk a mile in her shoes, her snow boots. Anyway, uh, I loved it. Oh, I'm so excited. It starts with end of September. Uh, fall season, we can all sip our pumpkin spice lattes and watch these gals run around in the snow uh, with informants. I mean, is there anything better? I have the no. F- chill. No. 
So happy. I'm so happy. And I'm grateful I'm happy about Salt Lake City. Oh, and Potomac's coming soon, too. I hear Potomac's supposed to air in October. The rumor is October 9th, which is my birthday, by the way. And those of you who've read my book, you know that I like attention on my birthdays, but also don't want any attention on my birthdays, so plan accordingly. But my birthday is October 9th, and I hear that Potomac's going to be airing on my birthday. And so we're in for a wonderful fall season of our gals, and they're all supposedly bringing it. I hear Potomac's bringing it, too, so I don't ever worry about Potomac, because I know those women clocking to work, too. It's these other franchises, these Beverly Hills gals. It's the, uh, they all need a, just, I don't know. Clock in if they have to cold cock a bitch <laughs> to deliver a good trailer. So be it. If one of them's got to show up on a cast trip with a, an eye falling out, so be it. I mean, that's for our entertainment. At least Jen Shaw is working for her paycheck. She might have to go to prison for it, but she's entertaining audiences around the globe. Okay, uh, Lisa Rinna. Okay, women of the Beverly Hills Housewives. Check in to work. Clock in. I know you know how to work. You're not lazy. So what's the deal here? What's the tea? Okay, that's it. Do I have any other thoughts about Salt Lake City? I'm sorry if I just went all over the place, but I was trying to take notes and I'm watching it a hundred times. And when the trailer came out this morning, I was still in bed. And I, of course, when any of these things happen in the Housewife universe, it's like my phone blows up. More people reach out than when my grandparents died. It's like all of a sudden everyone's calling and texting, like, do you see the trailer? And so I'm like getting all worked up and I'm like, okay, we got to find this. And I'll watch it on my phone and then I got to like look on another screen, a bigger screen, and then I got to go find a bigger screen. It's like I'm fucking Goldilocks trying to find the porridge that's just right. I'm like, where's the right TV for this? Because I need to see it. And then you can't always watch it on a regular TV because it's just premiering on like E! Online. And then also, can we talk about this for two seconds? What the fuck is with the trailers when they're on, when they premiere on like E! or Entertainment Weekly or one of the, they're always on one of the sites and there's always issues. Does anyone else have issues viewing it sometimes? Or sometimes you go to the site. This is the thing that pisses me off the most. And I'm sorry, E! But somebody's got to say it. When you go to the website, they'll tweet something. And these people, I'm not blaming the reporters, the people who bring us this information, the Dave Quinns of the world. I'm grateful to these people. We love our Dave around here at Everything Iconic. However, it's these big organizations because then you click on the link, they tweet about it, see the trailer, and then you click on the online link or the People magazine link. And the video at the top of the page is some interview with some rando. It's like a Harrison Ford interview or something. It's like, I'm clicking here to see Lisa Barlow uh, talking about second dick for Vita Tequila on the store shelves. I'm not interested in Rachel McAdams, although I do love Rachel McAdams. I don't need an interview from five years ago. I want to look at the trailer. And then you have to scroll down and there's like a different embedded video. And then sometimes the embedded video don't work on the phone or don't work on the laptop or you got to turn the ad thing off. It's like, I got to turn off an ad blocker. And I'm not so tech savvy, okay? I, the idea, tell me why I got to turn off an ad blocker to watch the trailer. Tell me why. I mean, tell me why, Backstreet Boys. Nick Carter had some points. AJ McLean, he wants to know why do we have to go through so many hoops to just watch the trailer on the E! Online website, People Mag website. I mean, it's... Uh, Okay, before we get into Beverly Hills, I do want to talk about Vanderpump Rules, too. While I got all this energy, I need to get something off my chest. Now, Vanderpump Rules, Sheena Shea got married, and it's looking like it's going to be some really good stuff. They're clocking into work, too, because apparently the rumor is that at Sheena and Brock's wedding, not only did Tom Schwartz and Raquel hook up, apparently Katie Maloney was there, and she got kicked out of the wedding or something. Brock was saying she was uninvited to the wedding, and she was in Mexico where the wedding was, but then we don't know if she was at the wedding or if she was kicked out. Ah, it's going to be good, though. I'm just feeling like it's going to be good. And I hope to God I'm not wrong. I pray to the Vita Tequila gods that I'm not wrong because we can't do it. I can't sit through another bad season of Vanderpump Rules. I don't have the strength, quite frankly. After sitting through this season of Southern Charm, I don't have the strength. So, uh, yeah, we're hoping they get it together. But I thought we just had the Raquel and Tom Schwartz stuff. And then now I'm finding out about this potentially of running out of Mexico. And then she was with Christina Kelly, who those of you might remember used to pop up on Vanderpump Rules all the time. And so apparently Katie Maloney had seen Tom and Raquel making out or hooking up or whatever. And I don't think that Tom and Raquel should get together. I actually think that's way too passive-aggressive of a couple. I mean, could you imagine the conversations between those two? I just feel like they'd stare at each other and smile. (laughs) I just feel like they would just smile. They're both very sweet, but I don't know who drives the conversation. 
because I can't imagine Tom driving conversation with Raquel and I can't imagine what Raquel driving. And what do they have in common? Just other than the fact that they seem very happy, but I just imagine like tumbleweeds in their heads. I'm sorry to say that. I'm sorry to say that. That's mean. They both seem very nice and I like them both a lot. And I've been rooting for Raquel and uh, we want the best for her. But I just feel like in every relationship, and I'm the one who drives, let me just say this, like, I'm the one who drives the conversation in my relationship with Matt, you know, like, he's not someone who needs to talk all the time. But here, look, I got a Diet Coke in me. And then I'm like, sitting here, let's talk for 25 minutes about Heather Gay getting cold cocked in the eye by one of her castmates. So I'm the one driving the conversation. But with the Tom and Raquel, I just don't know what they would even speak of. And then it's like, I don't see either one of them as a very sexual person. So I can't even imagine the sex would be that good. Like I think in their respective relationships, we know that Tom and Katie didn't have the greatest sex life because she used to accuse him of not being able to get it hard. And then uh, Raquel, I imagine James would really drive that sex life. I'm sorry to say, uh, but I just feel like Tom and Raquel would, would the, maybe I'm totally off base. You know, sometimes the people who are like all sugary sweet are the ones that are, you let loose in the sack. So maybe that's the case. I don't know. I don't know. Who cares about Vanderpump Rules? You guys don't tune in for that. But who cares? But who cares? I love me some Ariel. We're already 20 minutes in. Should we take our break here and then come back and talk about the Beverly Hills stuff? I'm going to go try to take a Xanax or something because I'm just too wired after this DC. Uh, But we will take a quick break here. I want to let everyone know we got signed copies of my book, How Do I Unremember This, available at everythingiconic.store. You could get those now. I'm, we're trying to get other merch, and we're going to try to get some T-shirts and stuff like that for the holiday season, but we haven't done it yet. You know, too much to do. Too much to do, and now it's a holiday weekend, a lot going on. Uh, but we're going to try to get some. But right now, we do have a limited number of books available if you want a signed copy. And they come with a bookmark that are really cute and all that stuff. Also, I want to let everyone know that we have another episode this week with Casey Hammer, who's Army Hammer's Ant. Now, there's this documentary series called House of Hammer airing on Discovery+. Plus. It's a three-part docu-series about Army Hammer and the Hammer dynasty. It's super fascinating stuff. And Casey's his aunt, and she talks about some of her experience with the Hammer men in her family. And there's all sorts of stuff about it. If you haven't researched it, go watch the trailer. Go watch the docuseries. Listen to my chat with Casey, because it's it's good. It's juicy. Interesting. And But it's also very heavy stuff, so I just want to let everyone know that, too. If you tune in, just know that we talk about uh, some abuse allegations and all sorts of stuff like that. So with all that said, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and we'll be right back. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
All you got to do is fill out this quick brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Yeah, we grilled the corn. It doesn't take long. We got this. But can't we grill it? We can. You can do whatever you want. If we want to grill it, you're going to have to eat the corn 20 minutes after you eat the rest of the food. We're going to boil it. We're going to boil it. Do we have any utensils? I mean, to... Oh, shoot. Kyle, which steak do you think I should take? Do you think I give two which steak you think? Where's the butter for the corn? Where the f***'s the butter for the corn? Where are the napkins? I like that the producers are using this footage of the barbecue and the corn to show that there's a feud coming between Kath and Sister Kyle. I think these were little red herrings, and they were trying to tell us, vis-a-vis the footage about the grilled corn, that there's a big family feud coming. Can't we grill the corn? Can't we grill the corn? And it was interesting to me how Mauricio was dealing with Kathy, because we haven't really seen those two interact. We've seen a lot of Kathy and Kyle. And now Mauricio's getting the picture. And I remember years ago, there were all these rumors about, like, that Kathy and Rick were upset that Mauricio was starting the agency, which, by the way, we got an agency hat appearance this episode. And I would uh, like to, again, state that we would like to get the removal of all agency merch from this program because I can't look at the hats anymore. But I'm choosing to focus on I love the sibling dynamic that Beverly Hills has always had within the fabric of the program. And I'm choosing to focus on that at the top of this recap because the end of the episode was so incredibly uncomfortable for me to watch. Did anyone else feel that way? The whole Diana and Sutton and Colin are the see you next Tuesday and then all the other women just sitting there. I I got chills just even saying that, the way that they were. I even... Nobody was saying anything. There was like, Kaya would sort of say like, hey, Sutton, you could speak up. And I was like, that's not sticking up for her. They were all just watching. And it was clear that Sutton was very uncomfortable. Ah, it, it, it made my skin crawl watching that scene. I have the no, chills. No. The fucking chills and not in a good way. And so these women, and I was wrote in my notes because I was going to get on this podcast. I want to talk about what's going on off camera with Real House Beverly Hills because there's so much stuff happening on social media. I tried to explain it in the episode earlier this week, but it's all moving so quickly. It's hard to keep up. Lisa Renna's removing mentions of the Real House of Beverly Hills from her Instagram page. And now Diana is posting an Instagram of sending out cease and desist letters to all these people who've been talking about her on different mediums. And all this stuff is happening off camera. And I wrote in my notes that Kyle was looking good up until this point because she was simply not uh, giving into the social media at all. She wasn't posting a hundred times about Real House Beverly Hills and legal stuff. And so I felt like the audience was on Kyle's side. And then I watched this episode. She's doing so much fucking pot stirring. And uh, it's just uncomfortable to watch. And so, look, I thought Kyle was looking good until I watched this episode. And I'm like, uh-uh, girl. Girl? However, I will say that Crystal's really winning me over. She was never someone who I, I don't know, I just never felt like I was able to really, like, root for Crystal in a way that I'm starting to really root for Crystal. Does anyone else feel the way? Like, I liked her enough. She was fine. But now I'm starting to feel like, oh, am I a Crystal stan? Like, I'm starting to get that way. I've already fell in love with Hip Hop Rob, and now I'm falling in love with Crystal. But I got news for you. At the end of this episode, I felt like they were all just the most unlikable cast of characters I've ever seen on screen. And meanwhile, I just talked for 20 minutes about the Real House of Salt Lake City uh, trailer. And those women somehow inexplicably come across as uh, likable as hell, despite the fact that one of them is bleeding guilty to all these crimes. And another one is uh, allegedly offering sexual favors to get the Vita Tequila on the store shelves. So what does that tell you? What's the What's the problem here? I mean, these Beverly Hills women... And I can't imagine all the stuff that's happening off screen. I would assume that the Bravo producers are like not happy about this. Specifically, the cease and desist that I mentioned. If you go to Diana's social media, you can look at more or look it up online. But I would imagine Bravo's not super happy about that, that she's sending them to people who talk about the program and who help drive viewers to this program. It's already gotten so dark off screen and with the social media of it all and everything that was happening with Garcelle's son and the bots and everything was already getting so rough. I can't imagine they're also not happy with Diana for staying at another Aspen hotel instead of staying with the house they rented for all the other gals or Kyle's house. Because 
Think about it. Production logistics. They got to send another camera person there. We saw footage of Diana getting ready for Kyle's barbecue with the stylist, with the whole team. They had to send a camera person there to room 23's room 23. And so I don't imagine they'd be really thrilled about that. And if we read between the lines, I think we mentioned this on the program before, but Diana also hasn't been on Watch What Happens Live. And what's that about? I know they've been on hiatus for a little while. But all of the housewives have been on, mostly from the Real House of Beverly Hills. I think Kyle Splits Richard's been on there a few times doing the splits. So what's the tea here? What's the tea? But that last scene got so uncomfortable to me. I just felt gross. And I was so excited about Aspen. And you know I like the cringe. I like the dark stuff. But there's something about that that really made my skin crawl. I don't know if anyone else felt that way. But it was just, it was not fun to watch. And I just wish somebody would have sat up and said something. On behalf of Sun, I think even if you don't fucking like Sun, I get if you don't like the person that she is on this show, but still you could just feel the uncomfortableness. And then Diana is saying these things about how she she wasn't uh, nice to her about when she was going through this tough time, but we've talked about that before too. I feel like Sutton was trying to relate, and yes, it was cringy and awkward, and we've said earlier in this episode, we saw footage of, I think it was Crystal or some of the other gals talking about how Sutton needs an editor, right? Like she can't get her words proper, which we've all been there before too. You know, sometimes I talk on this podcast and I can't, I get a word out. I am like trying to think of something and my words are just mixing all over the place. So I get that, but I just wish somebody would have said something. And then Kyle doing all that pot stirring is just too aggressive. And I know she produces a show and she looks at the footage and what everyone's doing. And she tries to make these things happen. But at a certain point, I thought somebody else should have been like, Kyle, shut the fuck up. Like, Dorit Dorit was also sitting there in in her confessional. She realizes, hey, Kyle, I don't know what's going on with her, but she's doing too much pot stirring. But then tell me why, Dorit, you're not saying anything in the scene. Tell me why. I'm worked up. I'm worked up. Why didn't anyone say anything, Kyle? STFU. And then when they're going after Sutton and she's looking so uncomfortable, like she, I wanted to give her a hug. Even if you don't like her, I think in a humane level. And it's like these women are in a, a race to see who could be the most unlikable on camera. I feel like literally that's what's happening. And then I love that the producers made him play with the Ouija board because there's no way Rinna just found that in the room. <laughs> she's like, oh, I found this Ouija board. And it's like, yeah, a producer slipped you that and said, here's what we're doing on camera. That's how it, it popped out of Kyle's room. And so, I don't know, this Aspen trip, I'm kind of concerned now. My blood pressure's up. I'm going to have to, I don't know what's, uh, I'm going to make it through this because everything that was going on. And then I'm so on edge about all the Kathy of it all, which probably we won't see for another two, three weeks. The way they spread this whole thing out. I was waiting to get Aspen and we didn't get there until 45 minutes into the episode. And I got to watch Splits and the husband play putt-putt in the backyard or something. And that's, uh, I mean, who wants to see that? And then there was another scene. I mean, I will say the Rinna scene with the box from the mom. I was sad about that. I was. I was. Because she's opening these things from the mom's house. I was like, I would break. I don't even know how she's keeping it together. That moment in particular. Uh, but it was it was sad to me. But the putt-putt. And then we have a scene where PK and Dorit are talking about Dorit's trauma. And it's like every time these women are talking about their trauma, I want to get on their side and I want to back them up. But then it's like they do something more unlikable than last time I saw them. And it's like, well, I'm not really able to root for you, Dorit. And I'm sorry that you went through the whole home burglary thing. But then you never are nice. None of these people are being nice. And and it's too much. But she's sitting there with PK and she's like, I'm staying at a separate house. And she's like, but I've been to all this therapy and I'm getting through it. And it's just hard to empathize with these women when they're not being nice people throughout the episode. And the same with Rinna. It's like I see that scene of her opening these things with Lois. And it's, I, as a human, I want to say, oh my God, I couldn't even imagine going through something like that. I would be a puddle of tears. And then it's like, they're all mean. But even at the end of the episode, when Diana said the see you next Tuesday thing, the only person who was really cackling, laughing was Bamboozle Jane. You know, she was really like, (laughs) it was like, she was really laughing. But even Rena, if you looked at her face, she even saw that that crossed the line. When it, if Rena sees that you're crossing a line, then I think it's a problem. Of course, granted, she didn't say anything. I wish she would have spoke up and said, you couldn't say that shit. But I don't know. I don't know. What else happened this episode? Oh, Garcelle's reached a breaking point with Bamboozle because she said, I don't have any water for her. And this whole thing about the following each other on social media, I was like, who the fuck cares? Like, at the end, especially when Kyle was harping on the Instagram thing, and we saw that she brought it up on the PJ, that they all drove to Aspen. 
I thought, is this really interesting enough? Like, this isn't something to hang our hats on. And we keep going in and out of this, whether or not Garcelle or why she unfollowed people or why Sutton unfollowed Erica. And it's like, well, no shit she unfollowed. And by the way, uh, this happens all the time on social media, right? Kyle, speaking of the Splits Richards, unfollowed me on social media. She used to follow me on Instagram. I went and checked and she don't follow me no more. So what's the tea? What's the tea, Splits? Gotcha. I mean, I get why she didn't follow me. I do call her Splits Richards on this podcast. <laughs> I do call her Splits Richards on this podcast. And I want to root for her too, but I can't. We need to bring Kim back. Kim's the only answer to this equation because she can really bring them back. And I feel like she could be the bridge between Kath and Kyle. And I think we do need to focus it more on the sibling dynamic because these other gals, I'm, it's not working for me. It's I don't know If anyone else is feeling that way, it's getting too bleak to watch. And this private plane, okay, so they go on this private plane, but beforehand, we learn about these earrings, which are $750,000 earrings that Bamboozle had, and they're saying that she should have given them back, or it could have paid for a lot of the victims, and this was a news story that was spreading around the time of the Aspen trip. Garcelle actually talked about it on The Real, the show that she is like The View, it's not quite The View, and it's no longer a show. But she had gone on and talked about this, but it happened, and it wasn't airing before the Aspen trip, so... She was hoping to keep it away from Bamboozle, but she did tell Crystal about it. And her and Crystal talked about it. And Crystal said something that was very wise. And I think these are moments where this is why I'm getting on Crystal's side, because she said, well, that money would pay for all them victims, right? So uh, wouldn't you just give up the earrings anyway, even if like you, I don't know. I don't know. Of course, I understand there's more legal stuff to it. I get it because you guys are going to say, well, if she were to just give up the earrings, then she would basically be admitting guilt and whatever. I get it. I get it. But it's just like that. We're not seeing empathy. I don't feel like we're seeing any empathy or sympathy from uh, from them. And then when she was on the private plane, Bamboozle was like, oh, I always used to fly here. Aspen's for the elite. I always flew. And it's like, okay, girl. <laughs> girl? Cool it. Cool it. Garcelle had to bring the flask on the plane just so she'd get through the flight with these women. I do love the houses. I mean, I loved Kyle. It was like a cozy little cottage house. I loved it. I was really in the, I was in the vibe of, of that house and the rental house, by the way. I thought the rental house was great. They all should have been staying, I think, at the same house though. And they put Kathy in that bottom stairs with the bunk beds. And then they're conjuring a bunch of spirits with the Ouija board. And I'm thinking, they're going to go right to Kath. And that's probably why Kath was led to do what she apparently allegedly did uh, later on in the season. Because they conjured the spirits with the Ouija board. And so, yeah, no shit, Kath did some out-of-line things. Okay, it's no excuse, but I am going to say that they conjured spirits. In the first place a ghost is going to go is right in the basement room with the bunk beds, right? Going to scare the kids. That's what a ghost, if I was a ghost, if I was a Casper or a mean ghost, one of his mean uncles, Fatso, Stretch, and Lotso, or what the fuck were their names? <laughs> Remember in the movie Casper, the uncles had the names, the rudest fucking names, which by the way, why did they name them that? Because Casper was apparently the kid's name when he was a live boy. And yet the uncle was called Fatso. So I'm led to believe that his name was Fatso when he was a real human. Who names their kid Fatso? Of course they turned out to be mean uncle ghosts because their names are fucking Fatso and Stretch. I'd be a mean-ass spirit, too, if I went to the other world after my parents named me Fatso. Anyway, the ghosts are going to go there, which, oh, speaking of ghosts, I mean, we're talking about ghost busting. Did I ever tell you the story about how when I interviewed Beverly D'Angelo, she was on this podcast. Beverly D'Angelo played Ellen Griswold in the vacation movies. She's a legend, a queen and icon, a legend. She came on the show very early on, and I went to her house for the interview, and she told me that she lived in Dan Aykroyd's old house. It's where he wrote the movie Ghostbusters. I mean, come on. Beverly D'Angelo. If you haven't listened to that interview, it's a really great interview. I mean, she's been through the ringer. Anyway, Real House is Beverly Hills. What are we talking about? In Aspen, oh, they had to take their Christmas lights off the house. I would have left them on. You know I love a Christmas light. Would have left them right on. I love the rentals. They brought the dog storm. I wish they would have left Mauricio at home, though. I mean, did they have to really bring him? Because not only is he going to get in the way with the fights, the men always do. And then they also come in and try to be peacemaker. And actually, Mauricio, if he would have come in and been peacemaker during that whole end scene, maybe we could have gotten somewhere. Instead, everybody just kept their yappers shut. And we're so mean to Sutton. But I don't know why that we had him there. I mean, couldn't we have gotten rid of him? I know it's like his house or his agency or whatever. But he couldn't even grill the corn. Yeah, we grilled the corn. <laughs> 
couldn't even grill the corn. They were also giving us all these little red herrings about Kathy because she kept saying like, oh, she's only slept three hours in four days and she just arrived from the airport and she came in the cheap slippers and Kyle's like, do you wear those to the airport? And she's like, yeah, no one can tell who I am. And Kyle's like, yeah, people can tell. And it's like, who cares, Kyle? Who cares? Then they stick her right in that basement bunk bed where all them ghosts are going to go. And uh, so, look, I want to be in Aspen. It looks nice. I've never been to Aspen. I was watching, and I was like, i got to make a trip there. It's not somewhere I've ever been. Uh, they talk about skiing. They're going to be skiing next week. Kathy reveals that she skis like a bird, so people get <laughs> scared, <laughs> which I don't really – I don't understand it. Exactly. She was trying to explain it, like, why just – put my hands out and I flap them like in the wind and then people get scared of me. And it's such a bizarre way to, to ski. I'm not one to talk. I had a bad ski accident when I was in sixth grade. I went down a hill. I wasn't supposed to tumble down it. The ski pole went right into my stomach, bruised the inside of my stomach, broke the arm, had to be in a cast at school. It wasn't great for Dan. So that scarred me for life. I did ultimately get back on the ski slopes, but I'm still scared of them. I stick at the baby hill. So maybe I need to start flapping my arms, but that seems more dangerous when you're going down the hill. And she said because she hears in her ears people whizzing by her, and she's like got a cute ears like a dog or something. And so she's got to flap the wings like a bird. Then what else? We see Mauricio cooking with that cowboy hat on, and I do have to admit that he was doing something for me. The fa- Despite the fact that I don't want him on this trip, and uh, he annoys me oftentimes, when I saw him at the grill with that cowboy hat on, girl. Girl? Ooh, he was hot. He looked good. I got to give him that. He looked really good. So then they bring out the Ouija board because nothing else is happening. Kyle's asking all these shady questions. Garcelle and Erica talk about the fight. Uh, Garcelle says she told her to her face because Garcelle's pissed that Erica Jane called her a liar. She's like, well, I said all the things about you to your face. Like when we had that uh, dinner or drinks or whatever, I told you that I was worried about your drinking. So it wasn't like I was going around to other people and telling them about it without telling you. And then Kathy chimes in. She says she doesn't want anyone to call her a liar. She said that's one of the top three things that anyone could call her. She says, don't call me a liar, a thief, or a pedophile. She's not interested. Those are the three things, and they all laugh at her. But I actually sort of understood what she's saying. I thought, you know what? Kathy's making some points here. Who wants to be called those three words? Nobody, especially if you're not those things. So then uh, there's also this tension between Kyle and Kathy the whole time because Kyle's like, feels like she could raise her voice at Kathy. Did you catch that moment on the couch where she raised her voice? She's like, we're not doing this, or I don't know what she said. But I feel like she doesn't raise her voice like that amongst the other women. But it was like with Kath, she felt comfortable enough to raise the voice. It was very fascinating. We've seen her raise the voice and she, there's a different side of Kyle that comes out when she's feuding with the sisters because saw it in season one and with Kim in the limo. And she said, remember you stole my goddamn house. And then Kyle's like, you're a sick alcoholic and a liar, you know, and then splits ran out of that limo oh that was her story anyway remember the guy that was in that limo what was his name it was like adrian and that other guy where was it yolanda zax muhammad or someone was just in the limo just sitting there like caught in between the camera person kyle and kim oh that was her story anyway so then we get into the sutton of it all and sutton's like well look i unfollowed erica as a joke it wasn't really a big serious thing she said she called me a see you next tuesday and so why would i follow her and she also says, nobody came and said anything to me after Bamboozle Jane called me to see you next Tuesday after at the reunion. And all the gals are just like sitting there staring. They're like, well, sorry. You know, like nobody even says anything. And then that's when uh, Room 23 blurts out, well, you are one. <sighs> and this is just when it gets so uncomfortable. Erica laughs. And I was thinking if Sutton were to say that the way that Diana said that. Or if Sutton were to even laugh in the way that Erica laughed after Diana said it. They would harp on it forever. Look at the way they're harping on the fact that Sutton unfollowed. They're so fucking pressed with everything that Sutton does on this show or says. And yet these other women are doing terrible things and saying awful things. And then they move right past it. But here's the thing. They all harp on it because they want the feud between uh, the group to be amongst Sutton and whoever else. Because then they don't have to get involved in their own feuds. They could keep the heat off them if they focus it on Sutton. And then it also gives them something to react to. And for some reason, they don't seem to care that they're making the storyline about Sutton. Because I don't know if they just don't care about Sutton, if there's just not a relationship like that, or if it's not a deep friendship in the way that they have with each other. But it's like they focus all the energy on her, they react to it, and it must be exhausting for Sutton. And she sits there and she's quiet, and they're not even saying anything, and I think they 
part of the reason probably why the rest of the women weren't saying anything in that moment is because they want Sutton to say something else that is antagonistic so that they can harp on that then, right? It's like they want to push Sutton's buttons so that she snaps or says something, and then they could talk about it for another three episodes the way they do with everything else Sutton says. It's like they talk about it for episodes and episodes, and that's why this group, I think this cast needs a change up in some way, right? Like we need, these dynamics aren't work. we need layers and we're not getting the layers, I know we've said it a million times, but uh, it's mean. I don't like it. And then uh, Diana leaves. She's like, oh, she, she kind of was acting like the victim. And look, I can get, I can understand Diana saying she's upset about Sutton being rude when she was going through this big health issue. I think it was more complicated than that in the sense of like, I don't think Sutton really understood maybe what Diana was going through. And so that's understandable to me. But I don't think that Diana is even open to seeing another side. And as they showed, Sutton has apologized for that. And when are we moving on? And we can't just keep going down these rabbit holes and not getting out of the fucking. I want to get out of the rabbit hole. Oh, I'm getting so worked up. Can't we grill the corn? We need to grill the corn. Ladies, am I right? <laughs> we need a. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Grill the corn. And, uh, okay, so then uh, Diana says that Sutton's slithery. She says, I can't stand her. She leaves, kind of acting like the victim. Sutton cries after Diana leaves. She was trying to hold a steady face when Diana was there, and then she finally broke down. And then Kyle, she says she respects Diana for being honest. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was all just so weird. I don't know. Kyle, like, did sort of want to speak up for Sutton, but ultimately she never does. And it's like she seemingly tries to pretend like she's Sutton's good, good friend. We see them in scenes together. They go out to dinner. They do whatever. And yet I don't feel like Kyle has her back in any sort of real way. She always is throwing Sutton under the bus, trying to stir the pot with Sutton and somebody else. And then when the things explode, she's sort of sitting there like, oh. It reminds me of that Amsterdam fight. Remember that fight at dinner when – Kim Richards was like, let's talk about the husband. And Rinna hits the glass against the table. And it's like that epic fight, right? And there's a moment in that epic fight. Somebody posted the full thing on Twitter this week, and I was watching it. And there's this moment where Kyle sort of plays in the middle, and she puts the napkin by her face. And Kim's like, Kyle, you're always like putting the napkin up to your face. And she's like, what the fuck is that? Kim says to her. And I think that's what Kyle does with all these women. It's like she throws a bomb and then she sort of puts that thing and puts the napkin in front of her face metaphorically or sometimes actually. And then it's like, oh, what, how is this happening? And it's like, what do you mean how is it happening? Like you just fucking threw the bomb here. You should know how it's happening. And I would respect Kyle more if she'd be like, 
acknowledging the fact that she created this mess. Do you get what I mean? It's like I can't get behind her. And as I said, as I was writing the notes for this week, and I was starting to go into this episode, I was ready to be on Kyle's side, and I was ready to come on this podcast and say, uh, Kyle's coming across the best because she's staying out of the social media fray that a lot of the other women are getting in the mix of. Because I think... All that social media stuff is just making them all look worse. I don't think it's making the fans like them more. It's rallying them all up, and I ultimately think it's just making them like them less. Let us watch it on the screen, and let's see how it plays out, and we'll see at the reunion how it shakes out. But it's like too much. And so I was ready to defend Kyle for that and commend her for not getting in the mix on the social media. And then this episode is like she completely lost me. Ah, anyway, that's the end. Next week, we get skiing. Garcelle and Crystal confront Erica Jane about the earrings. And Erica Jane seemingly snaps. It looks like we got a lot in this Aspen trip. But I, I don't know if I'm... A, I might have to get put on something. I, I joked about Xanax before, which I was a joke. I hope everyone knows that I was joking about the Xanax thing. But we might have to get on some sort of uh, all-natural medication for this the rest of the season because I'm getting so worked up. I don't feel like I've ever been this worked up. Can't we grill the corn? I'm going to go grill some corn. Matt, can't we grill some corn? Get me some grilled corn because uh, I can't. I can't. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. That's the end of the episode. We uh, will be back next week. We got the Atlanta finale coming. I mentioned there's a new interview that uh, will be out this week, or maybe it'll be on Sunday night. I'm not sure when the episode's coming out, but it's with Casey Hammer of the House of Hammer. So watch that documentary on Discovery+. Plus. And uh, let's do our cheesy little cool done. We need a, I need it more than ever before. Can't we grill the corn? <laughs> let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Metaphorically grill the corn and breathe <laughs> and breathe out. Love you all so much for listening. And you know what? This is, let's all leave this here, shall we? Let's leave all of this energy and these bad vibes from the show. Let's all leave it here and let's go about our week and be nice and good and whatever. And let's forget about it because we're all getting too worked up about it. We're, you know, and, but who cares? But who cares? Think about Ariel from The Little Mermaid floating through that sea and saying, but who cares? There's bigger things in the world than this TV show. So let's all try to leave it. We had. We got all our feelings out. I'm speaking at least for myself, and I'm leaving it here. We're leaving it on the on the podcast, and we're going forth this week, and we're going to have a good rest of our week. We're going to have a good holiday weekend, and we're going to enjoy our family and friends, and uh, we are going to celebrate life and be kind and hopefully nice to one another, right? I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.